This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neo Modern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Ruben. How you doing? Doing well. Still surviving the heat. I am. I'm still thinking about that Cortez interview with Gerbo. Gosh, that was so cool. I just can't believe he like knew that guy. Because like, it's like if someone said they knew Picasso, it would be like, oh wow, you like, yeah. like you guys overlapped in time, and you were there when he was creating, and yeah. Oh, that's... well, I, there, there were a few other questions I wanted to ask him because it was just, I mean, how do you? become a curator you know it's like yes he sort of had this obsession I mean he just has this kind of unique story where he was kind of obsessed it was such an influence he was recreating he obviously is talented and has an eye that he was in this program and then he has this chance meeting with this woman who then introduces him and then they don't get along and then they get along (laughs) and then they don't get along but then they're still working together and then eight years um together i wonder about that as well Uh, because i mean every photographer needs someone like that as they're getting older you need someone to be your champion whether it's exactly yeah uh, a museum has its own uh its own sort of agenda but like a curator represents the artist more and keeping them alive keeping them uh, relevant to people i've had a chance to meet a couple a couple people who are curators of great photographers, the Gutman estate. I have met that curator and it's fun yeah. to talk. It's almost like talking to the artist, but just a tiny bit, not, you know, it's like, yeah, they know a ton. Well, it's like the steward, you know, the what caretaker, you know, it's like they're, they're, they're shepherd, you know, they're, do, do, do you think every like great photographer who's still alive is out there hunting for who's going to be their, their, you know, number two? If not, they should be. I mean, I really, <laughs> I really feel like that. That's sort of what's what's needed. And I think especially what was so interesting about Cortez is like not only his sort of speech challenges and language challenges, but he just wasn't necessarily that natural salesman. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't the Jeff Koons of the world. That's right. Um, that's right. And so you sort of you see that he's this influence that those in the know, other photographers, have been inspired by, and often reference, but he isn't, you know, he's not the, the Ansel Adams of Right. He could disappear. People don't, maybe people wouldn't realize um, that one guy had created this body of work. He might get discovered years later, but it's, uh, I I mean, he really has had a a long and various career. His photos, if I laid out even the, the 30 or 40 or whatever that we have, you'd never identify these as the same artist they just look so different but i liked hearing what he said they really are inspiring to photographers you look at it and you emulate it in some way it's it sticks with you more than a lot of photographers work i I think anyway i that was that was great i look forward to uh well and especially for you though i mean how how was that interview for you? Because you've lived with these photographs. Your father had, especially the one, was it called Chasing Shadows uh, or Chasing Shadow? The, um, the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower one. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, to to have had that photograph in your life along with so many others, what was it like talking to Robert? Well, it's funny because um, 
my experience of this collection of photos is largely not academic. I don't, it, for many years, for many, many years, I didn't know the artists' names. I was helping my father with it in a lot of ways, but he was doing the, the heavy lifting. I had my own career and I would help when I could. But so, so I was visually familiar with these images, but I didn't know the history. I didn't know always the photographers. So that these images were just, they were all on a level playing field. It was like, mm-hmm. there's an image. What do I think of it? I'd look at it for years, hours, whatever. And so to actually meet someone who knows the story, that knows the backstory, has the historical context, it it's weird because I, I like what's in my head. Like I didn't, it, he told me that, you know, that was an assignment and that it didn't change it for me, but like, oh, I guess I sort of imagined him going up in the Eiffel Tower and looking over and I mean, it's a very non-traditional picture of the Eiffel Tower. You always see right. the tower looking iconic. It's And it has inspired me because of all those things, Coit Tower, the Golden Gate Bridge, Mount Rushmore, you see them in this iconic way. It's almost hard mm-hmm. to think of an image of those that are not like every other image. So when you see one that certainly from one for that one was like from the 20s or 30s or whenever it was taken um, – is just different. And I try to remember that I have a picture of the gateway arch in St. Louis that Mm -hmm. to me was that trying that idea out where you don't have to see it to see it, to feel it. Um, To know its presence. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, it it makes me closer to the images and makes me want to go back and look at them again. Uh, which, uh, you know, I, I do all the time. I brought a lot of Kurtesh's to San Francisco for Neo Modern. They were mm-hmm. up often. And I hope that we introduced people to the photographer if they weren't already aware of him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't super aware of Kurtesh before before you? this who, who and before, be? <laughs> <laughs> before Neo Modern. I mean, I think that um, it has been, it's been really cool to sort of dig in and see all these, see all these photographs. I think like the underwater swimmer, uh, I'd never seen I, that picture. I'd not I seen loved that. that. Yeah. And I just, I loved that he also had the, the reference of talking about what was around it, about all the other crops, about all the other the pictures before the pictures after. Um, that was really fascinating. It made me want to ask the other photographers that we bring on the show, you know, about, about the photographs that are around the shot that they choose. Absolutely. It's almost the thing. I, I think most photographers uh, are reluctant to do this unless they're really educators, but it's what you want more than anything is to take an image that you've seen and know well and want to know what else they took. What mm-hmm. did they reject? How many ways had they tried it before they got that one? Like, I think that's the most instructive thing in photography, seeing the rest of the pictures on the roll, the contact sheet, the croppings, yeah. if there were. And it's the hardest thing to get. Um, so many, you know, people just don't promote that. Magnum Photography um, does have a book of contact sheets where they will show you a, a page of the photographer's work and then the picture that was chosen. So yeah. uh I, I think that that might be a place to start, but you want it for every picture you see. I mean, I, I want to know yeah. personally, don't you? It's like the painter's palette. You know, you'd mm-hmm. love to see like, what, what are the color adjacencies? How did they get that rust? How did they get that oxblood? How did, you know, like what, what were all their colors spun together and what did they leave on the palette? Yeah. Don't you get that when you're in a museum or a gallery and you can get right up close to a painting and be like, oh, that's what he was like. Or that's what, you know, the painter was making that yeah. kind of a shape and a smudge and color. And, yeah. And somehow you can get back and it works. But wow, 
I know. I feel that same with photography. I know. I always want to like put my nose right up to it. Although museums don't really like that. (laughs) Well, nowadays you can't because you might catch something. Right. That's so, true. That's true. true. I've had fun on Facebook this week. Uh, the photographer Jason Langer had uh, oh. started a thing where, I don't know if he started it, but like uh, 10 pictures that you have acquired to show us what, it's kind of like what's on your wall, right? Oh, but nice. He, and so Jason had done that and invited me to the challenge, I guess you'd call it. And I'm uh-huh. about seven days into it now. Maybe it's by the time this airs, it'll be done. But it's been really so 10 satisfying. ten pictures a day, or no, 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 ten total. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I was like, that's a lot. <laughs> I've been looking through like what's on my wall and how did I come to that image? Like, why that one? Why? How is it there? And and so yeah. each each picture has a, a little story. I tried to you know write a little story about it, and it's enormously satisfying. I got to say, it's fun to do. I was glad to be asked, and uh, that's great. I'm bummed that it will end shortly. You know? Well, you can, I'm sure you could champion it on. You could keep going. Well, I, no, I think I've, the joy of these things is that they end, I think. <laughs> but it, it led True. me, it led me down one path. I was talking to my mom about that this morning where um, one of the pictures, the first picture I showed is called, is a Jerry Yulesman image called Small Woods where I met myself. And mm-hmm. I mentioned it because uh, I hated it more than any picture ever in my childhood. It arrived in our house when I was six and it stayed up till I went to high school. And it's is the creepiest. Is this one that was like over your crib or bed or something well, and you was, were afraid yeah, it was of right, it, it was in the right hallway? There. It is so, I mean, my sister doesn't <laughs> think it's creepy. And it's actually less creepy than some. But for some reason, that was the stuff of my dreams. It was just haunting image faces in sort of a weird woods. Uh, but I, it, what it got me to do was to go back <laughs> to the first 20 photos that my parents had purchased when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. between 1964 and 1970, so I'm still under 10, yeah. this, I, I posted on my, uh, my By Ruben Facebook page mm-hmm. the, the exact 20 pictures. Oh, cool. And when I look at them, when I step back and look at them, it is the creepiest bunch of pictures you've ever seen. I can't believe <laughs> these were in our house. <laughs> like what? Thanks, the, mom and dad. <laughs> I, you know, it's a miracle I came out like this. Because if I was a serial killer, you would say, well, obviously, it's because look at those pictures. They're very dark and brooding and introspective. Uh, anyway, check that out if you're uh, in the mood for a creepy adventure. All right. Well, yeah. will do. What else is going on for you? Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, so far, it's just uh, – I, well, I have my photo assignment, which I'm – did only get- a portion through. I've only set it up because I ended up leaving for two weeks. Um, so I very kindly just left it set up for but my you, Well, that's good. You left it to do it. That's just, could you believe that uh, Robert mentioned that that's what that Protege did? That was so did? funny. Oh my yes. God. Well, I it's- love that he had aisles that he would have to kind of, you know, walk between <laughs> and then uh, decide which sort of still life he wanted to, to work with. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought actually maybe you prompted him before, no, before I no. joined the conversation. In fact, <laughs> I think if I was going to put this in a book, I would go retroactively and change the assignment and say something like, Andre Cortez used to do this thing where he'd set it up. Why don't you do that? You know? <laughs> I mean, I think you're absolutely, uh, aren't you know, how is your book coming? Aren't you working on the book? So uh, you can absolutely do this. I, you know, it's taken a very small pause here in the past week or so. I just... You know, it's easy to write about photography when you're taking pictures, and I have not been taking a lot of pictures. I mean, I, it's now been three months in in largely not leaving my apartment, and I 
I gotta say, I think I've exhausted photographing enjoyably. Like, like <laughs> I, I did put up some curtains a couple of weeks ago, and that fueled a little more creative exploration. But the, yeah. the truth is, it's hard to write when I'm not taking pictures, and I'm not taking a ton of pictures, and so the writing is slowed a little bit. But every time mm-hmm. something like the Facebook thing happens, or we talk to to Robert Gerbo, yeah. I get re-inspired, and there'll be a, probably a, a flurry of activity for the next week or two until it happens again. Yeah. Well, isn't that what it's all about? I mean, it sounded like Kertesh did the same thing. I mean, finding inspiration from seeing anything, good art, bad art, uh, stories, like that's, isn't that the point of what we're doing now is to inspire people? I, th- I think Kertesh, the more I learn about him, the more... I feel like he really is a great inspiration um, yeah. just in his use of photography as introspection, his difficulty in achieving a career that he wanted to have and falling into a funk and, and his, his wife being uh, the sort of muse. Um, all of those things resonate for photographers. I honestly, the thing that Robert said that resonated the most was this common feeling in photographers where you're just kind of the perennial outsider and i think if you're a a type a person the ceo of a company and those things it's hard to um also be not the center of attention and be invisible and just view things you're so used to to being on stage and um i wrestle with that like i i mm-hmm. always feel like an outsider and the observer and i like that and at the same time at least personally i i also feel a desire to you know be out there put myself out yeah. there and and start businesses and be a leader and <coughs> oh i'm sorry you might want to say that again nah, <laughs> sneeze it. came out of nowhere i'm leaving it in you have covid that i'm glad you're on zoom i don't i don't <laughs> It's not the Rona. <laughs> anyway, my point only that that is a, a common sort of thing that photographers wrestle with, I think. Um, being, yeah. Being, you know, when they get famous, I think when photographers get famous, it's a little bit of an oxymoron. Like they've spent their entire career being invisible. We've had photographers on our show that talk about, you know, aiming for invisibility, fly on the wall. Yeah. And um, suddenly when you're the center of attention, it is probably different, you know? Yeah. Harder, harder to be that fly. <laughs> totally. Um, You're more like the bumblebee. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the assignment, especially now, uh, after, you know, after talking to Robert and, you know, kind of taking the next few days to just really play around with what does it look like from all angles. I can't wait to see different it. times of day. What yeah. Kinds of, what kinds of objects are in your little setup? There's a mirror surface there's a uh, a little egg vase there is kind of a bunch of like objet basically did you shove them all together so it's just kind of a little pile of cool or did you spend a lot of time composing your still life uh i wouldn't say a long time i'd say it was kind of my typical like did it did it shift shift touch done about that long <laughs> i want you designing my house yes <laughs> done good nailed it fairly decisive but also you know definitely some zhuzhing is involved i figured good. i had to live with it for you know a couple days so i wanted it to not look like a mess oh. well, I was... unlike my jewelry pile which is a disaster oh, maybe that should be the still life <laughs> maybe maybe i just can't get all the way around it <laughs> i get that uh did you see the moon last night 
Did you? I didn't know. Oh my God. It's a new moon. So it was like the second day where, you know, the first day was a sliver that is almost imperceptible. And yesterday it's two days of sliver, but you can Uh almost make out the rest of the disc. It's one of my favorite moons. And it just happened to be setting out my window. You know, I watched it coming down over the city and behind the church. I got a good vantage point on stuff from right here. I mean, you get tired of it, but maybe 10 years of church shots. And and I feel like... (laughs) You know, that's the way it is. Like, you're still life. Like, you keep seeing it, and you wonder if you can see it new after yeah. after staring at it for so long. Well, I know this is this one's probably just a short and sweet episode, but yeah, I will. I do you want to repeat the assignment just in case people missed it so they don't have to go back and, and listen to the other one of kind of what this is going to entail, and we can all yeah. um, start? Well, I think, yeah, we all can work on it. Uh, the, the work was to gather a bunch of little small objects and put them on a table or a shelf or something, ideally that you can kind of see from a lot of points of view, not just from the front, and then spend time trying to shoot one of the objects, you know, in that set, because it'll be hard to separate everything else. So you have to compose with the full set and then to spend enough time with it to see it in all kinds of light, morning and night and artificial and daylight and, and then sit with it long enough that you get bored and you feel like you've exhausted everything you can do and don't take it down yet and then push even further to see try it again now that you've been uh, sick of it. Like really go, go over the line. And I, I find that that will be an instructive experience as far as what stuff is like in the real world. You don't control things out there. You need to work on seeing them differently, realizing how light works on it and, and practicing your composition. You can do it at home. And so that's the assignment. And um, just like Kurtej did, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> Such a timely assignment. All right. Well, I was glad you had a little time to chat uh, this afternoon. Um, it's only Tuesday. I feel like, is it Friday? <laughs> no. The answer would be no. It is not, not yet. No, no. It's not quite June yet, but I, it's almost. My daughter graduated from high school yesterday. I know. Congratulations. Oh my God. It was she was wonderful. It was amazing to to create festivity when it's been just taken away in so many so many ways. Again, it's like the still life. It's like what can you make out of this situation? How yeah. can you make it festive? And it really doesn't need to be 800 people in a amphitheater and like that's one kind of thing but you can and and i i believe her friends and she made a uh and parents put together a really what did you guys do um one of the um she and her two girlfriends her best friends um invited their parents (laughs) basically and we were we just sat in one of her friend's backyard. Chairs were set up. A stage was set up. There was a cardboard cutout of the school principal that That's they hilarious. walked up and shook his hand. And <laughs> <laughs> so the picture I posted is is Alina sh- shaking the hand of the cardboard cutout and cheering. And then they threw their mortarboards and That's it, great. It was a great it was a great afternoon. And um, yeah, I'm sort of wow. I'm almost officially an empty nester, assuming they actually leave the nest this year. Uh, we'll see what happens there. If, if, college, if college actually starts, we'll yeah, see. I, I sure hope it does. I hope the world gets back on some sort of semblance of, I don't know, track. Well, the world will go on in one form or another. Well, safely, I hope. You know, I hope everyone can stay safe. But all right. So that's that's what I got. 
Should we wrap it up? Let's do it. I'll start. Short and sweet. You start. Our show today is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes, which I don't think you people are doing. And don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. Excuse this grumpy old man. Uh, if you know someone who might get something from us, please send them a link. Thank you to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us on this short and sweet episode. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time. <laughs>